Hello, JBC. Today's message, I'm going to do something a little different. And what I mean by that is、uh, I had actually a message planned to record today, but it's kind of unusual. I had this dream last night and it was very poignant. And I don't remember all my dreams very much, but this dream, I was actually preaching. I was, I was dreaming that I was preaching. And、uh, I think I was at some kind of retreat or conference at a church. And I remember that this message, I was preaching this one phrase over and over again. It was really important to me. And I remember just how important it was is that I wouldn't let this phrase go. And I woke up realizing, like, oh, I'm actually recording a message today.、Um, maybe there's something to this phrase. And as I thought more about it、uh, this morning before I recorded, I, I thought, like, man, maybe there's something really here. And I think it's really worth maybe talking about this and pausing on my other message. So、uh, the other message will probably come around、um, sometime soon. But the phrase that kept coming up in my mind was passion versus preferences. Passion versus preferences. And that's something I want to share about. Before I get into that, though, I want to share a bit about what the Apostle Peter was talking about in this letter. So, in、uh, the first chapter of the first、uh, epistle by Peter, we read that Peter is talking about spiritual growth. And Paul uses this analogy of refining gold as a way of understanding the fire. That is required to get true treasure, to purify gold. And this, well, the, I'm not an expert in this, but my understanding of it is basically、um, precious metals need to go through a refining process so that they can burn away the impurities and thereby increase the value and the preciousness of the metal. And Peter likens the trials and the tribulations that we go through as a way of increasing the preciousness of the metal. Or another way of saying it, it's like it's purifying the metal. And he's saying that if、uh, refining fire can purify metals, how much more does our precious faith need some kind of refining fire? Something to really purify it, to really bring out the essence and the value of it. The final result of our trials, testing, and tribulation will be that the impurities of our faith will be burned away. And that with unrestrained love, we will glorify God with purified hearts and mature lives. And how I desire that for my own life, I desire that for our church, I desire that for everyone who's watching today. To have a life that is not afraid of fire, of、uh, tribulation and trials, but to recognize that these could possibly be agents of purification. Agents of, pure, of creating、uh, something truly precious in your life. And so, when I thought about the phrase that I dreamed about, passions over preferences, I realized that a lot of what creates the impurities of churches and stuff is when we get this tension confused. When we begin to think that. The preferences that we have are actually passions or vice versa. And what happens is that we begin to lose sight of what is most valuable and what actually gives our church the greatest value. 
when we begin to think about the choices and the decisions we make as a community and we don't realize that perhaps it's operating more out of just the preferences, the things that we like or prefer, and they're not actually coming out of the passion that God has called us to, the passion that God has called us to in Christ, the passion that comes through the Holy Spirit when God lives in us. When we get those two confused, um, that's when we need some kind of refining fire to go through us and to remind us of what is truly important. And I thought a bit about this. I remember meeting with um, our leadership team uh, just uh, after we got the order from King County Medical and just talking about how uh, this is a very, this is an unprecedented time. I've not been trained for this. Um, no pastor I know of has like some clear understanding of what exactly needs to be done because we're all doing this for the first time. We can definitely draw from experts. Uh, we can draw wisdom from wise people, but all of us are figuring this out in real time with each other. But I was saying with the leadership team is that this can also be a strange gift to us. And what I meant by this is that it could give us an opportunity to perhaps pause the everyday routines of our church and to step back and to, re and to, and to evaluate what are the truly essential, what, are, um, what, are the, what is the essence of what JBC is about? What is it about JBC that makes it a church that is founded on Jesus Christ? What kind of practices have we done in the past that we have done more in the name of preference and not out of a passion for who God is? Sometimes we get so invested and we get so locked in to certain practices that we do at the church, we may recognize that it's more of a preference. Now here's the thing, preferences are not bad. In fact, God is pleased to work through preferences because God loves to work through personalities, through cultures, through histories, and those are all valuable things. Those aren't things that God wants to throw aside. So I don't want to say that preferences are bad. But I do want to say that when the preferences take priority over the passions of God, then we start kind of creating a church based on our own image, based on our own um, our background and our own wisdom. And sometimes our passions will call out our preferences and say, like, hey, maybe that's, while that seems very nice on its own, um, if left unchecked, it doesn't lead and serve the passions that God has called us to. And so an example that I'd like to dive into that I know is really hard, when we talk about preferences, we can talk about music. Um, I've grown up in a home where uh, I was raised on traditional hymns. The hymns are very dear to me, and uh, not just any hymn, it was actually hymns in Korean. And so when I heard hymns, I always thought like, oh, when I hear that hymn, it tells me, like, oh, this is true holiness, and it, and it didn't have the really weight of it unless I really heard it in Korean. And it was um, the very particular hymns that came out of this Korean hymnal that I grew up on through family devotions that my, um, my parents would lead us through every night. And here's the thing is that that hymnal is indeed a beautiful, holy thing because through that hymn book, I discovered a lot of who God was. And I still value it to this day. And because of that, I love hymns very much.
Now, I've also gone to some churches where um, uh, it's been a different crowd of people who have no idea of what a hymn is, and they only know what you'd call as contemporary music songs and uh, contemporary worship. And they would swear by, you know, these are the songs that God really moves in, and I can't really engage with God in any other way unless it has a band, unless it has this. But I would argue, is that really, is that really true? I think there was a time that the people of God were worshiping truly in spirit and in truth, and, and there were no great songwriters like Hill songs. There were uh, no people like Chris Tomlin, Passion, um, Elevation Band, all of these kind of things that are coming out, um, Jesus Culture. All of these things are just name brands, really. And I could go on, and in fact, there are so many different bands coming out now, so many different songwriters. Um, it's kind of overwhelming. But here's the thing, is that we may prefer certain things, and through those preferences, we may find it more easy to engage with God. But we have to pull back and to recognize that these are all just preferences. And actually, the ultimate thing that we can't lose sight of in all of this music, whether it's old, whether it's Gregorian chants, whether it's spoken word, whether it's contemporary music using a band, electronic music, all of this, these are just preferences. And these preferences are all about one true passion, which is to recognize the goodness and greatness of God. And when we lose sight of that one passion, we get lost in preferences. And we are not called to serve preferences. We are called to serve the God who we passionately love and who God, and God loves us passionately. I could go on about a lot of practices in churches that we have certain things that we do that are really beautiful, but if we're not careful, they can become just preferences. Now, what I want to say about this is that, how does this relate to what we're going through right now? It's interesting how um, when we heard about the coronavirus, we all just got uh, pushed in to this crazy time. And basically, we had to cancel everything, everything that we love and know. And I can't tell you how much, <clears throat> how much I, I long to just see everyone here in this building. Right now, I'm just recording by myself in a completely empty building. And I miss everyone. And I miss worshiping here together. And I miss the programs that we had and miss gathering. All the programs seem so wonderful to me now. And they all seem precious to me. But in canceling everything, it kind of made me think about how are passions a priority of the church and not our preferences? Sometimes we can get lost in the preferences and we often can craft church programs. We can lead the church in a certain way because we have certain preferences. But if we step back, could we maybe ask ourselves in this time of pause and reset, is that what are the things about JBC? What are the things about my own personal Christian faith where I have gravitated towards things that are just preferences to me, that are more convenient, or things that, um, that just felt really comfortable and safe? Now, I want you to know that our faith is indeed a comforting thing. But if our faith is always leading us to things that are comfortable and familiar, then how are we growing? Because you don't grow when you just stay in the things that you like and are safe with. I'll tell you as a musician, to talk about something else, 
there are definitely certain kinds of uh, musical techniques, scales, certain kinds of sounds that um, are very easy for me to make. And it's different. Everyone's very different. Everyone has their own preferences. And I could just like stay on those same kind of techniques, scales, and just be really happy with myself because I can do them really well. And why do I like them? Because I do them well. But here's the thing. I'm not growing as a musician if I do that. It's only when I begin to allow myself to be stretched. I don't have to stop doing the things I like because that's a part of who I am. But if I begin to invite those things and those practices that stretch me, then I began to really grow. And then I began to see a fullness of music and a fullness of uh, maturity in myself as an artist that I've never seen before. Same with our faith. There are certain things about JBC that we do well and we're very comfortable with. And we can keep doing those things because we're comfortable and we prefer them, understandably. But if we really want to see the fullness of what God has for us, to see the faith that is refined by the fires, then we have to let the fires come into our life and stretch us a bit. And in this time, I don't want us to think about these online services as a way of like, oh, well, this is cozy. We're in our homes. This is nice. And just get familiar with it. But to perhaps to ask ourselves, how can we stretch and how can we grow in this time as a church? How can you grow as a follower of Christ in this time? It is easy to be sequestered away in your home and stick to the things that you are most familiar with. But how can you pray to ask God to rekindle the passions that God has in your life? And there are three passions that I am hoping that JVC can focus on. And this is something that I've been constantly talking about. And perhaps this is a time to check in, to ask, how can I let this refining fire come into my life? And these three fires are this, loving God, loving our neighbor, and living in the way of Jesus Christ. And what do I mean by the refining fire of loving God? Perhaps for some of us, we need to let this refining fire come into us and ask ourselves the hard questions. How has my love for God been? How have I been growing in my love for God? Have I been taking practices or disciplines that have encouraged and, um, and released a deeper love for God that engages my whole being, not just my emotions, but my intellect, my deeds, my actions. How have I been really taking seriously my spiritual life and growing in a real loving relationship with a real loving living God? Could you maybe invite some refining fires into your life to purify your love for God and to grow in that. The second refining fire that I was talking about was loving our neighbor. In this time, we're all told to feel socially distance, and I think that is a very good and safe practice. And I strongly encourage us uh, to continue that discipline, as painful and as frustrating as it may be. However, even though we're socially distancing, how can we continue to let God stretch us and how we love each other? And in the days to come, we're going to just be encouraging people at JBC uh, in ways that they can love their neighbor, that they can serve their community. And um, we're hoping to find ways that are safe, 
and uh, engaging that uh, depending on your comfort level that you can uh, be a part of these things. And I know at this time it's hard to think about other people because you just want to take care of yourself and your home and uh, those of your loved ones. But it's actually exact, it's exactly in these kind of times that we need faithful Christians who think seriously about growing in love for God. And you're going to find these places where there's a tension. It's like, it's, I don't feel comfortable loving my neighbor right now. Can I just take care of myself? But friends, we are called to love our neighbor. And maybe God's refining fire needs to come into your life and to just really refine that love for neighbor right now for you. What does love for neighbor look like for you? How could you stretch yourself in a way that you are loving your neighbor in a safe and healthy way, but you are still stretching yourself, still growing in that process? And the last one is living in the way of Jesus Christ. Living in the way of Jesus Christ is another way that I like to call discipleship. How do you be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is basically saying, Jesus, I want to live the way that you lived. That's what discipleship means. To walk as Jesus walked. And this is tricky. We know that Jesus didn't have a coronavirus according to the Gospels. He didn't have uh, the, the modern technology that we have today. But the Spirit of Jesus Christ, how would you, the Spirit of Jesus Christ encounter the problems that we face today? That is the question that every Christian needs to ask. From every person you encounter, from everything that you do, from taking care of your family, doing budgeting, conducting yourselves in your work, if it's work from home or if it's um, work at the office, whatever that might be, it's asking ourselves that very challenging question. If I was walking in the spirit of Jesus, what would I be doing? That's living in the way of Jesus. I know this is a hard time. I think some of us uh, being sheltered in our homes, not being able to do the things that we do, facing family members with needs that are very difficult and frustrating. Perhaps some of our most precious relationships right now are really being tested. But maybe we need to stop and ask, how can I live in the way of Jesus in this time? Jesus, if I was really being led by your spirit, how would I conduct myself in this time? And so friends, I'd like you to think about what would it look like if I let the passions of loving God, loving neighbor, and living in the way of Jesus Christ dictate how I'm dealing with things right now rather than the preferences that I have. Because the preferences, if we let that dictate us and lead us, we don't go closer to God and to our neighbor. We go closer to ourselves, inward, to our own comfortable caves. And so I think if I could kind of sum up like what I felt like this dream was telling me is to remember to be led by your passion for God your passion for neighbor, your passion for living in the way of Jesus Christ. And let those things shape and form your preferences. Friends, we are in a time where I believe that if the church really could rise up, 
if Christians could really allow this to be a refining time, we could truly make a difference in this world. But the same is true. If Christians pull back and we forget what our passionate call is, if we begin to recede into the background and fade, we no longer are the light that Christ has called us to. In a time such as this, let's renew our passions and let them put our preferences in check. We are all in this together. Amen.